The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Hey everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. As always, my name is Mung. Hey everyone, it's the Los. Uh, ready to talk some football today. Um, glad to be back with you with Mung. How are you doing this afternoon? Doing great, doing great. We are so close to the smart of to the start of football season that I can smell it. Oh, and boy, does it ever smell good. You know what it smells like right now, though? It smells a little charred, if you will, don't you think? Could that be? Because we are about to talk about the San Diego Chargers on this episode oh, the, of I, Quick I think Snaps. that just might be it. So... Let's talk about, first off, the very highly touted rookie running back that they drafted, Melvin Gordon. What are your thoughts on Gordon? Melvin Gordon was drafted very highly, very highly touted. A lot of people will be taking him early in drafts. A lot of people will be taking him earlier than I will be taking him in any drafts. How about you? Yeah, I uh, can't disagree with that. Melvin Gordon right now is going off the board in standard leagues uh, in the early fourth round. And in PPR, he is going in the mid-fourth round. And I just, uh, man, I cannot get behind that. Look, these are some of the running backs that are going after Melvin Gordon right now. All right, in standard leagues, we've got Amir Abdullah, Carlos Hyde, Jonathan Stewart, Andre Ellington, uh, Todd Gurley, Doug Martin. And in PPR leagues, we have guys like Jonathan Stewart, CJ Spiller, Carlos Hyde, uh, and Doug Martin and TJ Yeldon. And I think that I wouldn't necessarily take those guys over Gordon. I, I would take Spiller and Stewart among, uh, among the names that I had just mentioned. But some of those guys are going almost an entire round later than Gordon, and I view them similarly. Sure. Um, the people that you named, at least three of the people that you named right there, are bona fide three down backs. I mean, they may not be awesome, but they will be three down backs on their teams. Whereas I feel Melvin Gordon is coming into this team and he will be in a timeshare with Danny Woodhead. Then when Danny Woodhead goes down, Brandon Oliver shows that he could be a very good replacement for Danny Woodhead. Look, and if you're drafting Melvin Gordon at that price, you're basically saying that I'm willing to pass on guys like Andre Johnson, Martavis Bryant, Keenan Allen, and Travis Kelsey. No way. Oh, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, look, look at it this way. Danny Woodhead is so much better at pass protection and at catching the ball than Melvin Gordon. He is basically guaranteed that third down um, change of pace role. And also, Brandon Oliver is another guy that doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. You know, Oliver shined and he did pretty well when Ryan Matthews was out last year. And I'm not so sure that he's not going to see at least a few snaps a game. I think at the very least he's earned that. So, I mean, where ideally, where is um, the actual, you know, round where you would be comfortable taking Melvin Gordon? Probably another two rounds. So not until the sixth. Is that what you're saying? 
for me, not until the sixth. I look at him as a timeshare back. There are handcuffs that I would rather have than Melvin Gordon. I mean, look at it this way. Uh, Giovanni Bernard is going in the Excuse me, that's not to say that I would take handcuffs in the sixth round. Okay, but, you know, you mentioned that, and Giovanni Bernard is going in the sixth or seventh round. I would almost take Bernard over Melvin Gordon. I would take him 10 out of 10 times over Melvin Gordon. Okay, so we both agree that Gordon is going way too high right now. What about... Way too high. (laughs) Absolutely. What about Danny Woodhead? He's going in the late eighth round in standard leagues, and in PPR, Woodhead is going in the early seventh round. You have to like that spot in the seventh round. If you can get him early seventh round, late sixth round, that's that's a great PPR sort of value play right there. Um, in terms of standard, I don't know how much higher I would move him than that. Yeah, for me, Danny Woodhead's uh, current ADP is uh, just about right. You know, he's not going to be amazing. I think he's an RB3 with RB2 upside, uh, but I, I agree that he's not going to be uh, what he was a couple years ago as a almost top 10 guy. Uh, what about Brandon Oliver? He's going undrafted in just about every league. He's the sort of guy that I would not draft, but if Danny Woodhead goes down, I am putting a flyer on him. Okay. Um, I think I can get behind that. So let's talk about Philip Rivers. There was a lot of drama this offseason about potentially him getting traded to Tennessee. Uh, that never yeah. happened. He's since been re-signed for a few years. Um, and right now, Philip Rivers is one of those quarterbacks uh, that I'm willing to wait. And then I'll grab a guy like Rivers, you know, in round 10 or 11. He has been useful in all but I think two of the years where he's been a starter in the league yeah and I, I think at this point we know who Philip Rivers is he's never gonna be that you know top three top five elite quarterback but he's a guy well, who, he was he he was in what was it 2011 I think he was a top he was top two quarterback yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I meant that at this point in his career, I don't think that he's going to you know, replicate those types of numbers. I, I think that at this point, he's more of that uh, game manager role. And I do think that San Diego wants to run a lot more this year now that their line is a little healthier. Um, but I, I think that he absolutely has, uh, you know, mid-end quarterback one upside. That's not to say he doesn't have just legitimate quarter one upside. If these players can sort of form into their own, Steve Johnson's their third wide receiver. He provides very good value. Malcolm Floyd is a decent pass catcher. Keenan Allen is very underrated this year. Antonio Gates is what he is, and he's he's just rock solid. He's going to be out for the first few games, which is only going to give Ladarius Green an opportunity to possibly finally grow into himself in the NFL. So there's a lot of good options for him, and I haven't even brought in the pass catchers Danny Woodhead and Brandon Oliver. And who knows what Melvin Gordon can possibly do on the field once he gets there. So what are you saying is Philip Rivers' ceiling as a quarter as a ranked quarterback? His ceiling is quarterback five. Okay, so I mean, I I don't see him necessarily reaching that. I see him more as a quarterback seven ceiling. I just don't think that, you know, the guys that are going as the top ranked quarterbacks are going to drop much. But see, I I could I could see a situation in which the change to the Saints' office possibly drops um, Drew Brees enough. Um, another year in the books, I, and and 
changes to the offense could potentially drop Peyton Manning out of that equation. And just the perfect storm could very possibly put Phillip Rivers up there. Okay, I, I wouldn't go quite that far, but I think suffice it to say that we both agree that at his current ADP, Rivers is quite a nice value. He's he's a bargain is what he is. Okay, so what about some of those pass catchers that you mentioned that he has surrounding him? Uh, Antonio Gates is suspended to start the season. Um, right. Ladarius Green has been showing you know a lot of flashes of talent in the preseason and in training camp. Um, where, where are you drafting both of those guys? See, I've gotten excited about Ladarius Green each of the past three seasons, only for him not to do anything about it. This year, he actually gets an opportunity. Um, I, I can't really put a round on Ladarius Green, though, because I, I'm, I'm not convinced other people are going to be targeting him, really. Yeah, he's actually going and drafted still in a lot of leagues, and I think that that's a little bit crazy because... That's nutso. I would take him, you know, probably not super early, but probably in the round, round 12 or 13s, um, around the same time that I would take a flyer on Tyler Eifert. He can give you, yeah, exactly. He can give you ninth, 10th, he can give you 10th, 11th round value in your 14th round. So what happens when Antonio Gates comes back? Do you think that Green is going to do enough to keep that starting job or is he going to go back down the depth chart? I think that's all a matter of what the other wide receivers can do in Antonio Gates' absence. If Green looks really good and Floyd and Johnson don't really seem to do much, then there's no reason to take Green off the field. He has the, he has the body type where he can light in, line up tight and sort of split out there, sort of like a Jimmy Graham. But I'm saying, do you think that Green can perform while Gates is suspended? I don't have that answer yet. I, I know that's a cop-out. I'm supposed to have the ideas, but he hasn't shown – if history is the indicator, then no. But I, I'm, I'm very optimistic. Okay, so what about Antonio Gates then? Because he is actually still getting drafted in the 13th round, despite the fact that he may or may not be a starter when he gets back. Right. I mean, don't you think that's a little bit crazy? I, I just, I have no intent on taking Antonio Gates in round 13 when, you know, there's so many other options at that point. I don't think it's crazy because if you wait a while on tight end um, and you grab Antonio Gates at 13 while you're grabbing somebody else late, say you're grabbing an Eifert in the 11th or something like that, Antonio Gates is so good that he gives you tight end one potential from a spot where you're drafting him as a, a backup of backups. So somebody you draft in the 13th round may never even see the field on your team. Whereas Antonio Gates, if he comes back and he just produces the same level as last year, he will start for you every week. Okay, I guess for me, in order for me to take a chance on a guy who is for sure going to miss time due to suspension, etc., I need to know that he's going to be a clear difference maker at his position, at his price. So I'm talking about, you know, I'm willing to gamble on Le'Veon Bell, LeGarrette Blunt, even with their suspensions, because I think that when they come back at their price, they're still going to be worth it. For me, I don't see that with uh, Antonio Gates. Really, I see that he offers round nine potential for a round 13 cost. Yeah, I, th I think that I'm just of the camp that he got very, very lucky with his touchdown rate last year. I, I understand that Antonio Gates and Phillip Rivers have great chemistry and that they've played together for a very long time. They make a great couple. 
<laughs> they do. They're a very cute couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at the numbers, uh, let me just read this off for you real quick. Um, the last few seasons, Antonio Gates has had 10 touchdowns in 2010, 7 in 2011, 7 in 2012, 4 in 2013, and 12 in 2014. In fact, um, uh, last season in 2014, Antonio Gates had the most touchdowns that he's had since um, his sophomore year in 2004. So I don't think that that touchdown rate is going to repeat. More importantly, uh, the last time that Antonio Gates had 1,000 yards was in 2009. So if you factor in, uh, you know, he had 820 yards uh, playing a full 16 games, uh, take out the four-game suspension, and he's only g- probably going to get about five, 600 yards. And assuming that, you know, his touchdown uh, rate regresses a little bit, I think he could end up with, you know, seven or eight touchdowns at the very most. See, I'm, I'm expecting about eight touchdowns. Um which I don't think is a bad sort of number because having eight touchdowns would tie him for fifth in in touchdowns for tight ends in 2014. That's not a bad number. That's half the games you're scoring a touchdown. But I'm saying that seven or eight touchdowns is his absolute ceiling because last year, Brandon Oliver and Ryan Matthews combined for six rushing touchdowns total. I think that uh, Melvin Gordon... Danny Woodhead and Brandon Oliver, some combination of the three are going to get, you know, at least two or three more rushing touchdowns than that. And that's going to eat into, you know, the receiving touchdowns that Gates is going to have. Yeah, I I, I just don't know. I, I think eight is the right target. I think seven is the right target that puts him solidly into the top 10 of tight ends. Last year, he had 800 yards about. That was seventh for tight ends. I, I really don't see him getting less than 650 in those in the 10 games that he's going to play. Hmm. I mean, I guess I just don't buy into a 35-year-old uh, tight end who... Uh, is suspended to start the season and you know if if you have faith in antonio gates i i do think that it's very it's possible that he reaches those numbers i'm just not going to be betting on it yeah i th- I think is a lock for those numbers and i think you're paying r- absolutely nothing for them okay um well we can move on then uh in terms of the other pass catchers at wide receiver now um eddie royal is gone uh instead they've since signed stevie johnson from san francisco and uh keenan allen had a bit of a slump last year but he looks absolutely great in training camp and preseason um and now they have uh of course they still have malcolm floyd uh jacoby jones and don charlemin who came from um the canadian league last year Mm -hmm. so what what do you think about all those wideouts that i just mentioned I think that Keenan Allen is a good guy to target about where he's going in drafts. I'm happy with the spot that you're going to get him at. Um, People have realized that he's probably going to come back up in terms of the touchdowns he scored last year because touchdowns are fluky. Um, They realize he had 120 targets and that he's a candidate for another 120 target likely season. Um, And he's a good young player in this league and he's bound for a, and and he's, he, he should probably regress back towards what he did two years ago, which is better numbers. Um, in terms of Don Trelleman, in terms of Malcolm Floyd, I look at them similarly in that they are second wide receiver sort of guys on the team that 
I don't think will dominate uh, catches at all. I don't think that they're going to be able um, to beat defenses enough to make a difference for your fantasy team. However, Stevie Johnson, I think, especially during the Antonio Gates suspension, is going to be a guy that if you're if you say you've already had your draft or something and you drafted Jordy Nelson and you're hurting really bad at wide receiver right now, if Stevie Johnson's there in your fa- in the in the free agent pool, I would grab him. I, I highly doubt that's the case at this point, though. Yeah, I think you touched on that. And one of the, one of the saddest things for me uh, so far this preseason is that the word has gotten out about Stevie Johnson. Yeah. Uh, I loved him uh, when he was going undrafted a couple months ago, uh, even when he was going in you know, the last round of drafts. Now his ADP is all the way up to the 10th round. Oh, my um, gosh. People are definitely you know, not sleeping on Stevie Johnson anymore, and I think that he is probably still even worth it at that price. I would probably put him right around round eight where mike wallace oh, wow. uh, is going right now wow that's that's a little high for the team's wide receiver three but i can understand but see i don't know that he is the wide receiver three i think that he's going to be the second targeted wide receiver behind keenan allen sure he'll be the second targeted wide receiver but he won't be lining up at the at the z location where the two likely to, usually does well, they've been talking about uh, you know Keenan Allen and Stevie Johnson being able to play in all the different receiving positions, uh, and how you know they can move those guys around to create mismatches on the field. And I think that uh, both are going to be very, very good weapons for Philip Rivers. They've got a good core of very solid wide receivers. I don't think anybody's going to be a superstar. Keenan Allen's never going to be a superstar, but he's a very solid wide receiver that will catch a lot of balls yeah and i think that he's you know a wide receiver too and that's where he's being drafted and i do think that he's gonna have a bounce back here i agree okay so where does that leave us that leaves us with Nick Come on. Novak. You know where, yeah, there you go. You knew yeah. where I was going. Of course. Um, I think that Nick Novak is another um, underrated kicker. Uh, again, you know, none of these guys are worth drafting any earlier than the last round of your draft, but it is important to note that you want to target kickers who are going to be in high scoring offenses who have potentials to contribute to your fantasy team. Yeah, absolutely. Solid production is solid production. And if you get these guys that are on high-octane offenses or that have a uh, history of being very accurate, these are the sort of guys that you're going to want to target. All right. Well, I think that that is going to wrap up our San Diego Chargers episode of Quick Snaps. Quick Snaps, Snaps. And, uh, you know, as always, we welcome you uh, to ask us any questions that you might have. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore LOS, L-O-S. Be sure to like us on Facebook. I know you guys all have Facebook accounts. Be sure to like Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast on Facebook. Follow all three of us on Twitter if you get a chance. If you have questions for any of us, hashtag them, FFAQs. And, of course, listen to this podcast again if you if you are foggy on any of the details. Subscribe for sure so that all of the future podcasts are automatically uploaded to your streaming device. Go back and listen to any of the prior podcasts if you have any questions about any other teams, especially in the NFC, which we have finished already. Um, And it's been a pleasure being able to speak to you guys. As always, peace out. Thanks, addicts.